0: Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with
1: us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash Pemberley, And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Pemberley podcast. And how about that interview with Shilpi Roy? If you haven't heard it yet, hit pause, go back, listen to it. It's really good.
1: Yeah, I think the timing worked out really well, where we just happened to also be wrapping up her episodes that she directed, and then we got to go right into her interview and now we're entering the new arc of, of the story, and Emma approved.
0: Or we could let the people believe that we are intricate planners. Yes. And movers and shakers. <laughs> that's true. And this was part of the plan the whole time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're so great at planning. <laughs> what are you reading, Yolanda? Yeah, let's jump
1: into the things that we're reading uh, this week. Um, I actually just started it this morning. <laughs> I just started reading this book called What If It's Us by by Becky Abertali and Adam Silvera. I had read Simon and the Homo Sapien Agenda, adapted to Love, Simon by Becky and uh, saw this book. So far, I really like it so far. It's basically uh, these two, I think they're teenagers, teens in New York who have, and it's like alternating narrators per chapter and they meet each other but then they never think they'll see each other again but you know it's a romance book so
0: fate has other plans <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes i do like the the setup of the alternating narrators through the different author voices I think the last book I read like that was Will Grayson Will Grayson with um, John Green and David Levithan it's always interesting especially if you're so more familiar with one author than the other you like immediately recognize their writing voice which is for me Becky's writing voice I was like immediately I know who which character she's writing and then which character Adam's writing Um, so I'm really enjoying that book
0: so far awesome I am reading this book called Hit the Spot by Jay Daniels. It is the second in a... I guess it's a trilogy. It's kind of one of those romance books where it's like about a group of friends and each book is about how each of the couples got together. Okay. And this is the second one. And it's it's a very soapy kind of drama kind of romance book. I... Didn't think I'd be that into it, but I'm very into it. Have you read the first book? I did. I tore through the first book. What's the first book called? Four-letter word. Oh, okay. And it's, like, sort of about, like, because there's, like, a lot. They're, like, fate, hate, love. There are so many four-letter words to describe this, like, tumultuous romance. And so this is their friends. It's it's basically about a bunch of hot people (laughs) living in this seaside town in, I think, like, North Carolina. And they're a group of friends. And they are slowly but surely hooking up with each other. Okay. (laughs) I will say it is sort of, it's classified as, I believe, more of an erotic romance. So there's, uh, so it's definitely a PG-13 stuff. Are
1: are they all high school or what age are they? they No,
0: they're all like. Early twenties. Everyone's oh, like, okay,
1: like the post- girls
0: tend to be like 24 and the guys are like 28. Okay. So they're like
1: post college.
0: Yeah. 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 Got it. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, but that, yeah, it's basically about these two, Tori and Jamie are the characters in this. He's a surfer dude and she's a waitress and he's a total player. And so she doesn't want to want him, <laughs> but she does want him. And, uh, he sort of slowly but surely wins her over her body and mind and, uh, <laughs> It's good. I like it. I find it's like a—it's very good writing. Cool. So I am very drawn into it. So if you want to
1: check out these titles, they will also be in the WordPress page.
0: Yes. So I suppose uh, we can trade in one soapy dramatic romance for another. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so previously on Emma Approved, Frank Churchill and Alex Knightley had a bit of a standoff, and the benefit for Maddie Bates was a success. Yeah. And we are moving into we can kind of consider the Maddie Bates. Benefit the finale of her time as a client for Emma Approved. Mm-hmm. And it's time to dive into the next thing. Only, t- darn, we have no idea who the next client is. Top right. of the episode. Uh, episode 41, Karma is a... Uh, written by Anna Avila. It just sort of opens up with Emma... Talking to the camera about karma and how when you put good out into the universe, goodness will come back to you. And even though the Bates benefit did not cement a new client, a new one is just around the corner.
1: And it literally is because then we kind of switch cameras and we see that at the doorway is Senator James Alton.
0: Dun. Who. We have to do your sound effect. done dun, dun. dun.
1: Which truly, I thought we had, I forgot that we see him again.
0: I like I knew,
1: but I also forgot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I
1: was like, no, why are you here? They left on such bad terms. I mean, he fired her and Emma and Harriet were like broken up for very different reasons about it. And it was just like this like emotional tornado that ran through this office that he caused but also like Emma and her scheming also caused
0: but yeah, also yeah. him <laughs> but he was the very he was the eye of the storm yes. that was the cause of Harriet's heartbreak Harriet's first heartbreak yeah. Emma's first failure he was the center of all of that drama and yeah. it was so jarring for Emma all gleaming and smiling and full of hope and full of goodness to say like next client is around the corner and literally he was in her doorway. Okay, and he says he used the back door, which is sketchy. Why did it, Oh, was he avoiding Harriet? He I was, think he was avoiding everyone, because I don't know how the... Like, the weird thing is, I don't know where everyone sits. Yeah. I don't know where Alex is. I don't know the
1: layout of this office. I don't know where <laughs> but, Harriet is. I
0: don't know where the front
1: door is. How I don't big know. is this office for the three of them, too? <laughs> Honestly. They should not have be in an office this big. That is not financially responsible <laughs> nightly. Um, but he doesn't
0: want to run into anyone but there, except I mean, Emma.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're... A, Presumably, is like a reception area, and then their coffee area too, which we hear great things about. But I'm guessing he did avoid going through the front door to avoid seeing Harriet and Knightley, and just kind of went directly to Emma.
0: And what I want to say about this scene is just like I—I I feel like Jane. Like I major props to the actor Paul Stewart because I just felt like. When Senator Elton walked into that room, he had just gotten out of a shower of smug slime (laughs) because everything he said is just like, okay, so basically he comes in and he's like, hi, nice to see you. I want you to plan an event for me. So what's the event? An engagement party. Okay. For whom? Me, of course. No, I mean, who's getting married? I am what?
1: He doesn't outright say, can you plan my engagement party? Oh, by the way, I'm engaged. He like slowly reveals the information in a way that's like, well, duh, Emma, the event is for me. And duh, the engagement is mine. And like, trying to present this information in the most condescending manner possible to be like, of course, it's for me. Of course, I'm engaged. And I just hate everything
0: about this guy. (laughs) Well, and he just does it in such a way that he's like, because it's been three months, and he just does it in such a way that it's like, I came here with a wife. I don't know why it was so hard for you to find me one. Yeah.
1: I. Well, that's the thing. He's like, Emma's like, oh, are you here to have me find you a wife again? And he delivers that line of...
0: No. We both know that is not your strong suit. I wanted to hit him in the face.
1: That was... And even Emma was like, "Ah, no. Forget him because she should have kicked him out at that moment. Mm-hmm. Just get rid of him. That was so mean. Yeah, that was so mean. Do not like him. Really
0: awful. Like I remember, like in the beginning, we were like, "Yeah, he's charming. He's this. He's that." Now we have dropped all formalities, oh, yeah. all niceties, and he is all smug bastard. Do, and I hate him in his face. Do
1: not vote for Senator. Elton. Don't down <laughs> with Senator
0: Elton. I don't care if he wants good things. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, yeah, for my engagement party, she'll be here any second. And we're like, whoa, we're about to meet the woman who he snapped up in less than three months and they're engaged. Well, how sneaky to be like, one, he's just showing up unannounced to the Emma approved
1: offices to ask her to be their event planner. And also, oh, yeah, his fiance is going to be there, too. Emma was not ready for this at all. And he just shows up unannounced with all these things and just expects her to say yes. Like he just has like this arrogance of like, oh yeah, of course she'll say yes. And I think he's smart enough to know too, like Emma wouldn't turn this opportunity down either. Like she's gonna go through everything and like she will have to ultimately take this on. And he knows that, which is why he's like throwing this all in her face at once. Mm -hmm. Just because, like, he wants the upper hand. Oh,
0: 100%. And then he's like, oh, excuse me for just a sec. She's calling me. She hates driving. And then he's like, and he talks into his watch. And he's like, sweetheart, yes. And he, like, leaves. And then Emma's about to shut the door. And then Alex is, like, trying to get his way in. And he's like, what's happening? Why is the bad? And then he's... Why is the back door open? You idiot. And then she's like, because the senator's engaged. And he's like, what? Senator Elton? She's like, how many senators? Like the whole back and forth.
1: Once Knightley kind of catches up to what's happening. He's like, oh, great. Client.
0: He's happy. Money. We
1: need that. (laughs) Because... As great as the benefit was, and we'll hear more about it next, but like the benefit did not bring them any new clients so far. Like sure, they made a lot of great contacts and their name is out there. But really, because the benefit was catered toward the Bates Financial Services, Maddie is the one who got all the clients. And that's Mm -hmm. great because that was the point of the party of the benefit another part of the benefit was for emma approved to get clients but i think because the focus was on maddie like they weren't really advertising emma approved either so it wasn't like oh who put this great party together basis financial services did not mm-hmm. emma approved so like they really got no credit for throwing that great benefit
0: well Knightley's comment kind of reminds me of this did you ever see the pursuit of happiness with will smith
1: a long time ago. Long time
0: ago. I also don't remember much, but mm-hmm. I do remember this one anecdote that his son says in the movie, which is like a man is drowning in the middle of the ocean, and a boat comes by, and they're like, "Do you need help?" And he's like, "No, it's fine. God will save me." And then another boat comes by, and he's like, "Do you need help?" And he's like, "No, that's okay. God will save me." Then he like dies and go to heaven, and he's like, "Why didn't you save me?" And he's like, "I gave you two boats, you oh. idiot." <laughs> and so I feel like this is what's happening. Is Emma's just like, "You gotta have faith." We're like, our next client is just around the corner, and Knightley's like, "Or like, I you know you." You hate everything about this ball, but he's prepared to give us a lot of money. He's here. To do what we do. The client is here. Yes. So let's just do it.
1: And Elton does say that he says, I heard such great things about the Maddie Bates benefit thing. So it's like he heard word from his circle of friends. And I'm sure he was like, oh, that's where I get back at her. (laughs) This is how I like go back and, like, like throw this all in her face again. Um, Just
0: imagining, like, him, because I know, like, Emma felt very dejected after that situation. Yeah. But I'm sure he was also very embarrassed and, like, very upset also because he thought that he was going to get sort of a new girlfriend out of Emma. Yeah. And he went back to Sacramento, rejected, Mm -hmm. and he was, I'm sure he was doing that thing that, like, people who are hell-bent on revenge do. And he was like, now how... Ooh, how do I get back at her? Yeah, and uh, um it's I think worth mentioning. His fiance is revealed very soon to be none other than Caroline Lee. Yeah, from so, the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Yeah. So in the book, it is
1: Augusta Hawkins who is Mister Elton's fiance then wife. But in this adaptation, and tying in sort of the Pemberley digital universe, they decided to make Caroline Lee. Senator Elton's fiance and wife, which I think was a really clever tie-in because it is someone who we are very familiar with, who like we have a history of knowing and yeah. hating, yeah and suddenly like these two alpha females who are very opposite but kind of similar to each other are now going to be like in the same boxing ring, really. So
0: yeah, and so. we just
1: kind of we just get the intro to Caroline here. Uh, and she waves at the camera because, you know, she's so familiar with the oh, yeah, no, documenting. She, <laughs> greatness. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah, it's. it's
0: I felt like that was for us. The oh, audience yeah. is like she came in. She like sort of did the princess handshake with yeah. Emma and just said like, hello to Knightley. And then she gave like a wave and like a. A knowing smile to the camera, yeah. like, I'm back, internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you thought I was gone, but I'm back.
1: She's back. And that's where the episode ends, and then we go into episode 42, No, No, and No, written by Anna Avila. Basically, now, the dilemma for Emma is, do I take on Elton as a client, or do I throw him out of my offices forever, and Alex is, doesn't see this as a dilemma. He sees this as a yes and yes answer of, yes, we take on this client. Yes, it's a good idea for our, uh, you know, financial stability at this at this company. And uh, yes, we'll make a lot more great contacts. But for Emma, it's like, no, he was awful to us. And no, Harriet can't take this on. And no, I don't want to see his stupid
0: face. And I don't either. <laughs> I mean, so it's awful because like, I see where both of them are coming from, yeah. and I think, like, they're both right, because like, they need a client, he's a client, yeah. they hate him, but it's not supposed to matter. I
1: don't think Knightley hates him. I don't think Knightley really cares about-
0: well, I don't think any, Knightley has any strong feelings about him. I think he doesn't have any strong feelings for him anymore, because there was a time when he noticed that uh, Elton was encroaching on Emma's business, mm-hmm. and he was like, he's got an agenda, he's got a this, he's got a that, I don't trust him, and- so now, why does he trust him
1: now? Because he because
0: he, he's coming with a woman. Well, he's coming with money, too. He's coming with money. Well, he came with money last time, but yeah. I think last time he was interested in pursuing Emma, and that didn't sit well with him. And now well, he's like, got a fiance. I think in that case, too, he didn't agree with
1: Emma's approach to matchmaking for yeah. Elton. Mm-hmm. And that's where their major disagreement came in between Emma and Knightley, because... He recognized Elton as like this, like, powerful man who Emma's supposed to be finding a wife for, and she was trying to match him with Harriet, who, Harriet's great, but, I just don't think they're at the same level. And I think Knightley saw that. And now he sees like, all right, great. He brought in Caroline Lee. She seems great. And we have like this sort of set thing. It's just an event. Emma knows how to do events. She's great at it. We can do this sort of thing versus like more of the open-ended find a wife.
0: And more than that, with you bringing up Harriet, Knightley says something very poignant to Emma, which is, I think it's pretty clear he has a type. Yeah. So let's talk about what, cause wh- what's actually very brilliant about them bringing in Caroline, like the tie over is like, because we were prepared to hate whoever he was going to bring in the door, we were prepared to be like, "She's the worst. She's so high maintenance. She's so this. She's so that." Mm-hmm. And he does bring all those things, but we know her and we know why. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about the similarities and differences between Emma and Caroline. Based on previous knowledge
1: of Caroline, she uh, is very particular about everything she she does, and she's she is high maintenance. But like, she knows what she wants. She will do everything to defend her her family too you know she was so protective of her brother Bing almost too much because like she was pushing anyone away I mean it's actually quite similar I mean in the way that Caroline was pushing Jane away from Bing look at the way that uh, Emma was pushing b away from Harriet because she didn't think he was a good match for Harriet in the same way that Caroline didn't think Jane was a good match for her brother. So I think in even though they have different tactics of going about those things,
0: they are similar. I mean, they're crazy similar. They're both like they're both sort of like born into money and like doing Emma's not really a socialite, but she like sort no. of relies on her social circle for business.
1: Yeah, I and think yeah, I think she's like She knows that circle, she knows that life, but she doesn't really play into it.
0: Yeah, and like, I mean, because they both have a lot of the same type of like ambitious qualities. I guess the difference is Emma thinks a lot more about other people and how she can help them. And Caroline thinks primarily about how she can help herself.
1: Well, how she can use people to get where she wants to go. Which again, we don't like, Emma has this company and I don't really know what Caroline is trying to do. Do I think she's just trying to like gain status and grow in her social circle? Versus Emma is just trying to grow out her company and
0: like yes, definitely her status too. Mm -hmm. But consider this: we know that Caroline has spent like most of her life gunning for one William Darcy. Yeah, she was like that's that's the guy, this like successful, good-looking CEO who I've known my whole life, like, he's gonna be the future Mr. Caroline Lee. Yeah. Then he runs off with some other chick, Lizzie Bennett. (laughs) She tried to stop it. She did everything in her power to stop it. And she's got a lot of power. Then, here comes this other, heartbroken, good-looking, charismatic politician who's very un-Darcy-like, you know? In a way, it's good and it's bad because, like, I feel like he's a lot more, like, sociable. He, like, sort of has similar goals to her in terms of, like, advancing careers and advancing status and, like, money, power, blah, 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 Yeah. But he's harder to control because I think for a long time, I don't you know. think
1: Elton is harder oh, to yeah. control?
0: I think, I, I feel like Caroline probably had it in her head that, like, Darcy's so quiet. She could be, like show up in this tie sure. for this event, and then, like, all would be well. Yeah. And I guess less control is necessary here because their goals are more aligned. Like, I still, they want more stuff. I still think in her own sneaky Caroline
1: way, she'll be controlling that relationship. Yeah. And, like, El- make Elton think all the decisions are his, when really it's all her.
0: <laughs> it's great. I can't wait for them to be married because <laughs> they, like, deserve each other. Yeah. But it's interesting because, like, she's still kind of continuing into her antagonistic streak here. Yeah. We will see. I'm, I'm curious to know what this relationship is like, because we actually don't get a lot of details. Yeah.
1: Emma, though, is still kind of going back and forth about this. Um, she does go check in with Harriet about it. And I think that's really considerate of Emma to check in to see like, all right, I'm going to just pull the bandaid off, tell her the news.
0: Senator Elton is engaged.
1: Oh, that's great for him. There's more more?
0: He wants us to plan the engagement party.
1: Well, you are the best in the business. Emma's like very like careful to deliver this news and seeing and judging Harriet's reactions. And I think Emma just sees Harriet as this like fragile baby bird. And she just tries to protect her. Like sure, I think work wise, she does give her more responsibility. But I think in her own personal life, and especially because Harriet was so brokenhearted, she's being so cautious around this. And she doesn't want to put uh, Harriet in that vulnerable state again. So I think it's nice for her to check in. But night when Knightley overhears this and, like, kind of comes back in, he reminds her that, like, well, Harriet's stronger than you think, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really nice uh, of him to, like, kind of back Harriet up. But when we were watching this, he does mention, like, it's been three months. Like, she's fine. But you know, three months, sure.
0: Three months, three years. Sometimes you just need time. There's no time limit on how heartbroken she should be. But I do think that she said something very poignant in her defense to Emma about, like, why they should take her on. And she's like, I don't think I had, like, very strong feelings for the senator. I just loved the idea of him. And, like, she's sort of grappling with the loss of the fantasy. Mm -hmm. And I think she's like, I'm... Mature, Like, I will overlook the loss of the fantasy in order to, like, plan this because the company needs it. She's just gotten her promotion. She wants to step up.
1: Yeah, she did get very, like, lost in that fantasy. I mean, she was looking at apartments. She was imagining moving in her her entire life in Sacramento. And then she was brought back to the reality of, like, oh, no, he doesn't want me. I'm still here. I'm still an assistant. I'm still, like, in my own world. Um, but you know, she's really done a great job of over the past three months stepping up in her role and she got promoted because of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think Knightley's right to like back up Harriet and like, she's stronger than you think. She's not just like this forever broken hearted girl, you know, you trust her and we should trust that she'll be able to emotionally handle this too. I do like that Knightley does point out like this was not just it was tough for Harriet, but it was also tough for Emma because this is also her facing her first failure again. And it's very rare that you get to do that. An opportunity for revenge!
0: I was thinking more so along the lines of redemption. Oh, that's so much better. Redemption.
1: Mm-hmm. This is a redemption story of like, hey, you can take your first failure and make it into a win again. Yeah. But uh, Emma likes revenge better.
0: <laughs> the revenge is, the revenge has a better catchphrase with her thing. Like, like, revenge! Yeah. Where she like, punches the sky or whatever it is she's doing. Yeah. It's a lot more fun than, like, redemption, you know? Yeah. So we'll see. I'm I'm very excited to see what happens when you get these two alpha women in a yeah. room. Like, who's going to lead the meeting? Who's going to take over? Who's got the best taste? Yeah,
1: because it's usually Emma taking the lead on planning these things, and I think Caroline is used to doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it is weird. I mean, I feel like Caroline is really great at planning her own parties, too. So the fact that they're even needing Emma is
0: like, it's really just a show off. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't need Emma. They want Emma approved services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For this particular event.
1: Yep. And also, well, I guess Caroline lives in LA, in the LA area.
0: Wherever Lizzie why. Bennett took
1: place. Because, uh, that so, I mean, Senator Elton is flying down. Yeah. He flew down for this.
0: Oh, I thought about that when he was, like, standing in the doorway. I'm like, you flew down for this, you idiot. You went to LAX for this. This could
1: have been a phone
0: call. It could have been an email. It could
1: have been an email. Like, by the way, I, I want you to plan my party. It's in two weeks, blah, 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 that sort of thing. But no, he had to deliver the news in person. Jerk! Jerk! <laughs> face so with that jumping to the youtube comments where we read original youtube comments from when these episodes first aired starting with episode 41 power ranger duelist says oh dear god dude dude will lizzie and darcy and everyone have a cameo if this is caroline's wedding holy effing what Shiznuts! nuts <laughs> i'm so excited
0: marianne l says can you just imagine being and Jane going to the party Emma planned and dragging Darcy and Lizzie into going to? Too many fictional characters, ha ha ha. I wonder how they would get along with Emma, though. There was definitely a lot of this in the comment section. A lot yeah. of like, wait, are we gonna get to see everyone? Is this how the Lizzie Bennet Diaries continues? Well, yeah, because
1: this was the first time that we realized, oh, these two stories exist in the same universe, in the same state. It's like Marvel. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, the fact that this crossover is happening, like, uh, would we get to see more of Lizzie Bennett characters? But in this case, we do only see Caroline. <laughs> Noodle Bamboo says, Teehee, I thought I was going, I thought it was going to be Jane Fairfax, but this is even better. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people were expecting that especially after the benefit, Jane Fairfax is back in town from, uh, working in London, so it makes sense it would have been Jane, but I think this is a, a fun twist as well.
0: Yes. Uh, well, because no one saw Caroline coming, you know? We all yeah. thought it was going to be someone we knew, and it is. Yeah. Uh, just didn't know it yet. And Koku Evangeline says, holy crap, Caroline Lee. And she waved to the camera as if she knew that the same people were watching. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that recognition.
1: Episode 42. Ocean Burning says, It was a great choice on the part of the writers to use Caroline for Mrs. Elton. That way, we don't have to wait for Emma to convince the audience that Caroline is all show and no substance, since we already know that about her. This helps streamline things and gives the audience an immediate connection. Honestly, coming up with a brand new character who is even more conceited and annoying than Emma probably would not have been as effective as recycling Caroline is. It's very true very true because we do have that history of already knowing what kind of person Caroline is so we don't need to be convinced that this is like a, a bad person or anything like that or like she's hype maintenance because we already know what she's like
0: <laughs> yep we, we know what she's capable of yeah that too uh, Annie Zhang says lbd lB two times a million Jane and Bing and Lizzie and Darcy I can't even
1: yeah I think this is more a comment just about
0: the hopes of seeing them. It's more reflective of many of the comments I saw.
1: Oh, okay, okay, yeah, because I think people thought, oh, great, if there's a wedding, then we'll see Lizzie and Darcy coming to this wedding and that sort of thing.
0: Well, another thing people were saying is like, because Emma offhandedly mentions, we we know, I like I know who Caroline is. We have mutual friends, and a lot of people were like. Oh, uh, who are these mutual friends? Are their names Bing and William Darcy? Yeah, because again, I think we talked about this. Like, I'm, sh- we're, sh- I'm sure, like
1: Emma must know William Darcy. Like, they must run yes. in similar circles. That she has that, con- she could have that connection to William Darcy, mm-hmm. and especially through this Caroline and Elton engagement party, the connection would be made between more directly between. Emma and Darcy, and Emma could plan the Darcy wedding. Theoretically. Theoretically, but you know, it is it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Lex Joyce says, "Quote: Caroline Lee is not better than you." My new life motto. Who said that?
0: Um, Emma said that to Harriet because remember she oh, was like because she was like, you. what kind of a person? It, like basically. Oh yeah, that was sad. Why? You know, I feel like we kind of glossed over this, but there's definitely this moment of like. I get that he, like, was never super into me, but, like, yeah. who who did he leave me for? Yeah. And Emma's like, a different version of me, and she's not better than you. Yeah. <laughs> and the Rebecca Jane says, we know some of the same people. <laughs> Lizzie Darcy, plus I spy a Caroline in Monday's preview.
1: Yeah, we do see the, the little clip of the next episode, and it's going to be... The match between Caroline and Emma and seeing, I'm sure, the preliminary planning of this engagement party. We'll see who actually takes control of planning this party.
0: Tune in to see who comes out the alpha female. Yeah. <laughs> this episode has been Pemberley Podcast Approved.